stop trying to please everybody all the time. And it doesn't matter who that is, whether it's your staff, customers or partners. It's not possible. Stop trying to do it. Focus on the big picture rather than this one individual or this one situation. Keep focusing on the big picture and reminding ourselves that we're always doing our best. And whatever we do, we're always doing our best. We are not perfect. We will make mistakes, but that's okay. And we have to learn from those mistakes. Welcome to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur show with me, Brenda Hector. I'm a business growth specialist helping business owners to develop themselves and grow their businesses so they can achieve their goals and enjoy the lifestyle they dream of. I'm also on a mission to revolutionise the entrepreneurial landscape for women in business. In every podcast episode, I interview someone who has an inspiring story or some great advice for women aiming to start or scale their businesses. If you're new to the show, take a moment to subscribe right now so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And please check out the previous ones after listening to this. We've got an awesome community on Facebook. Just search for Scale Her Up and join in. I'm delighted to have Catherine Shearer from H&I Adventures on Scale Her Up podcast today. Catherine, welcome. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. It's great to have you here. So you're in business with your husband I believe that's you right yeah. You and, yeah and how long have you been in business we are now 15 years deep yep still married still happy awesome. some business which is a good thing <laughs> <laughs> oh what a, what a success story you've got then yeah. so we, we all want to hear how you've managed to achieve that for sure so yeah. tell us your story tell us about what you do and how you got into business Yes, so we run guided mountain bike tours in Scotland and and all over the world. And we started pretty green. We met in Glasgow working for a hi-fi and audiovisual company. And we met through a common love of mountain biking. And then quickly realized that we spent every weekend leaving Glasgow and eventually, you know, asked ourselves why we're still living here because we're constantly leaving the city. So we really just decided on a bit of a whim to move north. And we said, well, one of us needs to get a job. So Ewan got a job and we moved to Inverness. And I had previously worked for the Forestry Commission, as was then, on a project called the Seven Stains Project, which was building building mountain biking trails in the forests in the south of Scotland. And as I was leaving that project, there was talk about mountain bike tourism. And so I guess that is where the idea was sown. And when Ewan and I moved north, we went on a lot of explorations and we rode our bikes and we went places and then we started riding our bikes internationally as well we went on holiday to Italy which was you know which was reasonably challenging at that time and so we just sort of decided oh you know we could do that we could offer mountain bike tours how hard can it be you know and went into it really very wet behind the ears and not with any kind of real plan other than this is what we wanted to do and what we found was available was not what we wanted so we wanted to make it better so Ewan got his qualifications as a mountain bike guide and of course met other guides in that process and we started running tours both still working in Scotland in the Highlands specifically in 2007 and it grew very organically at the beginning and we had people here we went through various iterations of websites and offerings and that kind of thing as you do and we also considered the potential for offering other activities you know what what are we going to do with this business if we're going to grow and we're going to commit to this what's it going to look like and so we considered offering things like walking holidays and that sort of thing but very quickly realized that we had no interest in that so 
decided rather than to be broad we would specialize and we would have a depth of knowledge and we would specialize in mountain biking to give us a, I suppose to give us that niche and to give us the, that, that USP so that's what we decided to do but then we had customers coming to ride with us we had groups riding with us in Scotland and they had a fantastic time but of course they said to us we've had an amazing time but we don't necessarily want to come back to Scotland every year and so that ignited and I suppose validated our love of travel as well and so what we decided to do was rather than expand in discipline we would expand internationally and add other destinations to our portfolio so that's what we did in 2012 we added Nepal and Ecuador and the Yukon in Canada and Mexico go big or go home oh, wow. uh, so yeah. and actually as well we added Spain and so it really has just grown from there and at that point the point at which we expanded internationally we both had left employment and we were working full-time for the business and yeah it's really just grown from there we do have plans now albeit we didn't have a plan in the beginning we have caught on to that of course as we've grown I think we were reasonably fast learners we've made obviously we've made tons of mistakes along the way but yeah we're, we're pretty happy with how things have gone and how things have grown and we also have another company now which is H&I Media Management and that works on a B2B basis offering services to the bike industry such as content creation which of course has come from the H&I Adventure side and also organising events and press camps and that kind of thing. Fantastic the really great success story of turning your hobby into your livelihoods. Yes sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and there are downsides but it's generally really positive. So for someone that's listening to this and thinking that they would like to turn their hobby into, I guess you've taken the route of side hustle and then eventually to become your main income. What would be your advice to someone who's thinking of doing that? It will probably be harder than you expect, I would say. And I think at a certain point, it will probably lead to cooling of the hobby in a sense. But for us, it comes back. For me, it goes in waves. For my husband, it's never, ever gone away. It's changed. I think in some sense, the way the hobby and the business relate to one another has changed, but it's still there. The passion is still there. I think maybe it just changes, but it will be harder than you expect, certainly in our case. And for us working in the travel industry, whilst it is fantastic and we love it, it's a slightly double-edged sword in that it's difficult to travel and be on holiday. So everyone thinks you're on holiday, but in actual fact, well, if you ask most people, would you take your colleagues and your clients on holiday? They'd probably say no. Trying to have that balance and be able to actually go and be on holiday has been difficult for us, but I think we'll we'll do a better job next year. Awesome. So do you actually go on holiday? Not often, but we are making a concerted effort to do that <laughs> because it is amazing to be able to travel for work it really is and I would never complain about well maybe not never sometimes I wouldn't complain about it but it's not the same as being on holiday and having that real free time and that time to just completely switch off so we will it actually does take effort so we have to put that effort in set it as a goal and be really focused on making that happen exactly because it's far too easy not to so if you don't make a plan and you think oh we'll get to that it doesn't happen and here we are in December and we've had five days holiday this year so you do actually have to make that effort so what do you attribute your success in business Catherine I think we are one very focused and certainly we learned as I said we learned that reasonably quickly and we decided that that's what we would do we would carve out a niche for ourselves and be specific 
specialists. And it has taken some time, but that has rewards. For example, being able to have the B2B side of the company and indeed another company. I think also you and I are very lucky in the sense that we have very complementary skills. On the one hand, you can look at it in the sense of if you gave us exactly the same really simple, simple task that only had two ways of doing it, we would both do it a completely different way, which can sometimes... (laughs) which can sometimes be a negative, but but for us works really well. I think that we have very, as I say, complementary skill sets. And what we tend to do is really work to our strengths and also our team's strengths is trying to position ourselves over the years and our employees in those circumstances where they will perform their best. And where, of course, that's not 100% of the time for everybody. That's not the case. But where that's not possible, then we support each other. So I think it's mutual respect and complementary skill sets. And I suppose just determination and trying to be innovative and self-reflection along the way. Lots of things there. I want to touch on the niching down and being really, really focused on your specialty. Mm -hmm. Did that feel uncomfortable making that decision? Yeah, I think on some levels it did. I mean, what we say, we tend to say for the two of us, Ewan is the ideas factory and I'm the ideas filter. And that's how that works. And I think it was probably more uncomfortable for you than it was for me, actually, because he would be thinking of opportunities and seeing opportunities. And of course, you try things along the way. Of course, you do. That's how your business evolves. I think it probably was a little bit more uncomfortable for him initially. But then you start to see that it makes so much sense because really mountain biking and travel are the things that we are passionate about. It isn't anything else. So for us, it didn't make sense to offer something that we couldn't really stand behind and put our heart and soul into. So there was an element of discomfort, but I think it quickly dispelled and we got into really believing that this was the right way forward for us. Yeah, I'm loving the ideas factory and the ideas filter. I think every team should have an idea factory person and an idea filter person to be comfortable enough because that's going to cause maybe some conflict yeah. within a team and yours is a very close team. So is that difficult sometimes to be going, oh, that idea's no, that's not going to fly, if you like. Mm-hmm. I think it's become less difficult. I think there certainly was a period where, and maybe it's natural, I don't know, but there, I suppose there was a period where I would be feeling like I was constantly saying no, and probably Ewan was feeling the same, but we got past that. And I guess I probably got better at being more open-minded and he probably got better at accepting the fact that not all ideas are a good idea. There probably was a period, certainly there were other people in the team as well, and it was more challenging than it is now. It's much more natural now, I think. Good. So you mentioned the team. How big a team have you? So we are six. Mm-hmm. All based in Scotland. So there are six employees, if you like. And of course, we then have guides in Scotland who are contracted during the season because, of course, it's a, it is a seasonal role. But we do have one lead guide who is a full time employee. And he also trains our guides around the world because, of course, we have this extended family of partners around the world who deliver our tours under the H&I Adventures brand. And yeah, they are fantastic. So they live and breathe our brand for us in all of their destinations. And we trust them implicitly. So, yeah, six here at HQ in just outside Inverness and then a whole family of contractors around the world. Fantastic. And has that been a challenge, building the right team? Yes, probably I would say managing people and building a team is the single 
biggest challenge that we face. And um, I think we are now moving forward in a good way. But it has, yeah, it's definitely been a challenge. The thing that I find most challenging is managing people and then on an employee level and team level. And also it can be doing to manage people remotely, manage contractors remotely who are living in your brand, essentially representing your brand in, in their own country. So that that does require quite a lot of work and that requires a close relationship. It requires work up front to make sure you're finding the right people in the first place. And then, of course, maintaining that relationship and quality assurance and, and all those sorts of things. So how did you overcome that? Well, you said work up front and building relationships. If someone else listening is struggling with the team aspect, what would your advice be? I think from the, yes, managing international partners. I know that, that others have, other companies have had an international presence and pulled back from that because of this reason. But it does take time. And I think it takes a lot of openness and, and listening to their perspective and, I guess, cultural appreciation, which, of course, is at varying degrees depending on the country and the language and, and all those sorts of things and probably being quite hands-on actually I mean of course our customers will tell us if they haven't had the experience that they expected but after that it's then dealing with those issues that have come up in a sensitive way I suppose and just trying to keep a very open dialogue and also I think it comes down to brand the brand as well because a lot of these people are bought into us and bought into the brand because and to still be working with us because we don't actually for quite a few of our partners we don't make up a massive part of their income but they still want to work with us still want to be part of the brand so when you say brand I'm thinking you're meaning your vision your mission and your culture of your organization that yeah yes I think that's it I think that's you know we've always invested so for example we've always invested really heavily in imagery both photography and videography and therefore we are presenting those destinations to the best of our ability for one thing and making them look really attractive and places that people want to go and yeah I think it's always been about quality for us and albeit it sounds a bit banal but really do what we say we're going to do and that as I say that does sound a bit banal and simplistic but so many people don't do that I think we know nowadays I think that's that's one of the issues that we have as a population so we really try to deliver on what we say we're going to do and deliver to the very highest standards and we also offer as I said one of our guides is a guide trainer we do have a whole training package that we we work with guys around the world to deliver and to actually evolve because of course it evolves through everyone's input from all of the different destinations and that has evolved into a really strong training program a guide exchange program guides being able to travel to other destinations and experience what's happening there and yeah just I think building the profession of mountain bike guiding to be a legitimate career in as much as possible for as many people in different destinations as we can. Fantastic. It sounds like what you're talking about there is feedback is the breakfast of champions. Mm -hmm. If you're getting the feedback and everyone within your team knows that's what's expected, that you're going to react to the feedback and make changes and improvements. So they know what to expect from you guys and what you expect from them. Yeah. 
yeah, I think as a team, we do have this real drive to be constantly improving. The downside of that is not celebrating enough the positives and the small wins and that kind of thing. You know, I would say we definitely have been guilty of that in the past. We're aware of it and trying to do better at that. But as a whole, we are always trying to improve everything all the time. What we have experienced over the years is when we get, and it doesn't happen very often, this is the sort of the dilemma, is we don't often get a negative review from a tour. What that then means is that sometimes when we do get them, we overreact to them. So what we tend to do now and what we have learned, I guess, probably the hard way is to just take a minute before before going back to the partner and saying, you know, they said this and they said that and what happened here and what happened that. Because quite often in what we do, there are so many things tied up and there are so many variables that lead to whatever this person is saying about the experience that they had. And some of them are very personal to that individual. And we've had experiences where, you know, we've gone back to partners and we've said this. And of course, they've come back and said, well, we did this and we did that. I mean, so we try to read between the lines as much as possible and, and take time to take stock and then go back to partners and say well what happened here and this sounds like this because you can go in well for one thing you can take a customer's word too literally and that then risks damaging the relationship that you have with your partners so we're learning as we go we're learning as we go that feedback is a good thing but but it needs to be interpreted and it needs to be communicated in the right way and we also need to make sure that we're, we're celebrating everyone's wins as well as constantly thinking about improving what we can do. Oh, I just love that. I've seen so many businesses that are focused on that. Oh, this person was, they didn't like that little thing. And then so they make massive changes for that one person, for that little thing. And we don't focus on the, you know, the 99% of other people who are quite happy with the service. So it's not going to be for everyone. So it might just be that that's the one person that's not going to be happy with the way you run your business. And it's okay that not everyone is 100% happy because if it's something that you believe in that's important to you, you don't have to change it just for that one person that's made a comment. There's often, it's not even a complaint. It could just be a comment. Exactly. No, exactly. And we have definitely been oversensitive to these things in the past. And, you know, we are... We are perfectionists. We want to do our best, but we are now know that, well, for one thing, perfection is an unattainable goal and equally pleasing 100% of the people 100% of the time is an absolutely unattainable goal. And there lies misery if that's what you're trying to aim for. Absolutely. So in the years that you've been running the business, what's been your biggest learning? Probably some of that, actually. Probably learning to stop trying to please everybody all the time. It is not going to, and it doesn't matter who that is, whether it's your staff or whether it's customers or partners. It's not possible. Stop trying to do it. You know, focus on the big picture rather than this one individual or this one situation. Uh-huh. Keep focusing on the big picture and, you know, reminding myself, ourselves, that that's what we're aiming for. Reminding ourselves that we're always doing our best. And whatever we do, we're always doing our best. We are not perfect we will make mistakes but that's okay and we have to learn from those mistakes and I suppose one of the things I have learned over those years is dealing with failure failure is a big term you know we're talking about mistakes and errors and but yeah so learning how to deal with failure better and turning that into more of a positive than a negative yeah well we action coach say about failure is that there's no such thing as failure it's just learning yeah 
Yeah, that's it's absolutely true. And and actually, if you believe you haven't failed, then you're completely kidding yourself. And also, you're never going to learn from that if you don't accept the fact that, okay, this went wrong. This went wrong. It was your fault. And here's why. And here's how you don't do it again. I can't remember who to attribute this quote to. But if you show me a man who hasn't failed, I'll show you one who hasn't tried. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. It is tough. It is tough. And what I always think about running your own business is that the highs are higher and the lows are lower and I think the other thing that we I have learned probably the hard way probably in a very long laborious way is to try not to take things so personally all the time and it's very difficult when you run your own business and also we don't have kids so it's kind of it's this is it's all consuming at times Mm. but yeah not to take things so personally it is business and you have to put it in that box at times albeit it's ours and it's it's what we do you still have to pack it away at times so who have been your biggest supporters through your business journey that's a good question and I don't know how to answer that do you know actually customers in a way we have a really good a really good level of repeat business and we have some really very very loyal customers and actually they're they're the ones who probably keep us going when things are really difficult and you know that point where you think right I'm in a really in a really dark place at the moment and I need to find that point of light to start moving maneuvering myself out of it and I think those customers who are so loyal and keep coming back and keep saying wonderful things I think they're the point of light for me oh fantastic it's all about the customers in every business isn't it yeah yeah it is yeah and what are your ambitions for the future? I think we would like to grow the team a bit more. We would like to add some new destinations, get back into that, get back into the way of adding some new destinations, you know, after COVID and having that inability to travel and plan and and think about new exciting things is to move back into that and to explore some new regions, some new destinations and yeah grow our customer base bring new people into what we do with customers and also some more employees and yeah really just grow the brand a bit we're going to go through our branding process and a new website process next year which is for me is really exciting and just about telling our story in the best way that we can to bring more customers in make those customers repeat customers and loyal and share with them really in many cases quite life-affirming experiences and that's really why we do it oh fantastic just listening to your story there must be lots of people thinking oh my goodness i want to go mountain biking in some of these adventurous places and yeah around the world how many locations do you currently are you currently taking people to I never know the answer to this question. Isn't that terrible? I think it's actual countries because some places we've got, like we've got three trips in Italy, for example, but I think we've got now 15 Uh countries, something like that. So we've got, we'll go from the Yukon in Northern Canada, for example, to New Zealand via Nepal and Bhutan and Italy and Slovenia and all kinds of exciting places, Chile, Ecuador. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So 15 years, did you say, like you've, you've been in business? Would you do it all over again? Would I do it all over again? Yeah. That's another good question. So it's an interesting one because people often say, you know, I, well, I think if we'd known, in some ways, if we'd known what we know now, we probably wouldn't have started. You know, it was very much ignorance is bliss. But at the same time, uh-huh. we have a really good life and we do we do enjoy what we do. We would probably do things well, would we do things a bit differently? I suppose you would, because you can't unknow the things that you know. So we would probably do things a bit differently. But 
yeah, I think we could, I think we could do it again. Yeah. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It is a wonderful thing, but I also think sometimes it's not that useful because you can get a bit hung up on hindsight and it's really not a friend to anyone, actually, unless you're going to learn from it and move forward taking those learnings. Actually, hindsight's not very, it's not very helpful because you can't... It's, it's done. It's done, yeah, exactly. What's done is done. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I like that. I might I might use that again next time I've got a client saying, oh, I should have done it this way. Yeah, but you didn't. So no, yeah, exactly. It's done. Forget it. So as, as you know, the Skill Her Up podcast is about supporting women in business mm-hmm. and sort of hoping to get more women to step up, start up and scale up their their businesses what do you think we can do to make that change how can we help to I call it a revolution I want to bring about a revolution I think it's making connections I think is always really useful you know LinkedIn is a great place for making connections and maybe just reaching out to people that I mean I'm not particularly an extroverted type of person so I've had to learn to reach out to people and just make connections with people who I think might be women who I think might be really interesting or doing something really inspiring and so I think it's being open to making connections and being open to sharing your story as well and offering help so I've just been involved in a program which has been run by a friend of mine in Canada she's based in Canada and it is about accelerating female entrepreneurs in the travel industry it's called women's work and it's a whole program and so I was involved as a mentor on that program and it was really really good to be able to connect with other women and offer you know offer some support and maybe offer some experience and maybe offer something that will help them and I think these sorts of programs are really good that one is industry specific I just noticed that there is as in many industries in the travel industry there is a a lack of female entrepreneurs but also females at management and board level and she wanted to change that so she created this accelerator program and it's already been a real success in its first year so these sorts of programs that are accessible and relevant I think is really useful particularly for female entrepreneurs because women are as we know less likely to take that step so having role models having a sort of a support network is a great way to help women take that step and then start growing their business. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's great to have access to the support and to see that other people are doing it so I can do it too. And in terms of the reaching out to people and asking, I find that maybe it's a little bit scary to approach someone and ask, like, Mm -hmm. can I have a chat with you? Can can you, I'm looking for a mentor or I'm looking for someone who's been through this journey, but Mm -hmm. Almost everyone who is asked will say yes and offer something back. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really true. I think generally speaking, people are willing to help if they've got some time and they've got, yeah, the possibility to do that. I think nine times out of 10, you will say yes, whether it's a short term thing or a long term thing doesn't matter. But most people will say yes, and I would be willing to help. Absolutely. So if you're thinking, listeners, of someone that you would like to talk to, just reach out. Yeah, absolutely. That's my little message from today. Yeah, just reach out. So I don't know if you've listened to any of the Skill Her Up podcast, you'll know that I usually finish off with uh, my catch-all question. Catherine, is there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't? I don't think so. I'm trying to think about any what, message that you want to get out. Don't be so hard on yourself is my message. Oh, I'm it's, not, it's not a new message, but <laughs> I think, uh, 
yeah give yourself a break particularly for women give yourself a break it's probably not that bad and you're doing a better job than you think you are oh a brilliant finish you're doing a better job than you think you are don't beat yourself up thank you so much Catherine it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Scale Her Up podcast thank you thank you for asking me please join our Facebook community at Scale Her Up. Connect with me, Brenda Hector, on social media and drop me a message to let me know you're enjoying the podcast. Ladies, you can do it and we're going to make a massive difference.